0: Welcome to Master Your Money, the podcast that teaches you how to take control of your hard-earned money all while living your best life. I am your host, Elizabeth Heiza, Chief Marketing Officer at the Barnum Financial Group. I once felt powerless when it came to managing my finances and my attitude followed suit until one day I changed my mindset, built up my knowledge, and put myself back into a financial position of power and I started this podcast to provide you with the same education and advice that I received on my journey. Now, I wanna help you master your money. All right, Master Your Money listeners, welcome to today's show. We are here with Miles Holly. Miles is a PNC specialist, a property and casualty specialist with the Barnum Financial Group. Miles has been living in this world for over 15 years. So there is nothing this man does not know about this space. I asked Miles to come on to the show today because, you know, obviously your your PNC coverage is required. We all have to have it, but nobody really gives it the time of day to understand their coverage, to understand what some options are, to understand where they could potentially save money, to understand where they have to spend money versus saving money to otherwise protect yourself. So I wanted to have him on to share everything he knows to help us protect ourselves better and potentially save a few bucks in the process. So Miles, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Our pleasure. All right. Why don't we start with the basic? Can you start with just defining what PNC coverage is for the listeners out there?
1: Sure. So, PNC is basically, you know, if you can live in it or drive it, it can be covered under some form of PNC policy. Um, so, a lot of people think of it as just auto and home, uh, but there's some other stuff in there as well. We always say that you're only going to use these things on a bad day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's our job to make sure it's not worse because of gaps in coverage, things like that. Uh, So everyone thinks of it as, you know, repairing your vehicle or building your house back or doing repairing some damage like that. That is sometimes the optional side of things. Whereas we focus more on the liability protection side, uh, because, you know, it's your personal assets that are at risk when, you know, you get into a car accident. Um, So if anyone is really injured or decides to sue you for any reason, that's what these policies are really designed to protect. Um, And that's where, you know, we come in to properly advise our clients on how to properly protect themselves from that worst case scenario.
0: And when you say personal liabilities, what are you referring to? Like what is that risk if if God forbid you get into a fender vendor on the way home or worse?
1: There's generally five categories of assets that we talk about. Um, It's gonna be things like savings, investments, home equity, future wages is a big one. And then certain but not all retirement accounts, all that stuff is fair game for Mm -hmm. a liability settlement. So when you see all these commercials on TV for like personal injury attorneys and how they you know protect their clientele, um, usually that's what they go after in a liability settlement is your they're going to look at what coverage you have on your underlying policies. Then if you have an umbrella policy and if you don't, that's when all those personal assets are at risk kind of thing.
0: So the coverage will, will cover you for that. That Correct. will protect all of those assets if you're covered properly.
1: Correct. You need to have certain requirements underneath that to qualify for what we call an umbrella policy. Um but yeah, that's what they are designed to protect at the end of the day.
0: That's a lot. That's that's a lot. That's it. That's your entire life right there. That's your entire financial plan yeah. right there.
1: Yeah, as a financial planner, say what's your biggest asset, and a lot of people say it's their home, but it's really your ability to earn an income. Yes. Um. So you know, having that wage garnishment could be a huge impact on your personal asset growth. Um. So, you know, we want to make sure that that stuff doesn't get touched.
0: Sure. So that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show today, because like you said, you are protecting people's most important asset. Do you feel like the folks you work with? Do you feel like in general consumers? Are educated when it comes to property casualty or when it comes to their own coverage? Uh,
1: for the most part, I'm going to say no. Uh, when you see the advertisements for these types of products, it's usually geared towards price or, you know, how cheap it is or how easy it is or only the coverage for what you need. But unless you really know what you are doing, you know, how do you know what you need? How do you know what you um, need? So there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there as far as, you know, what this should be, um, You know, as far as coverage wise goes, um, some people do want just give me the cheapest thing. You know, I don't want to pay for something that, you know, I'm never going to use. But then when you do have to use it, you know, you're going to want to make sure that you actually have the right thing in place because there's just so much at risk. um, And it's not really talked about or advertised well enough to really show what these things are supposed to be doing.
0: And that goes back to your opening statement of, yes, you hope you don't need them. But if you do, and chances are, I would imagine, and I don't know the stats, you would know this more than me, but chances are at least once in your lifetime, you're going to rely on this coverage. Maybe if not you personally, maybe your children are going to rely on this coverage. And like you said, that's going to be a bad day. Yep. We don't need to make it worse by not having the proper coverage.
1: Right. I can say, honestly, every time I come driving into this office, I see at least one accident going to, and then coming home. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. Anytime you see someone on the side of the road, there's an accident broken down or something like that, there's a tow truck, there's some insurance company that should be covering that. You know, you always hope it's not going to be you, but mm-hmm. in the event that it is, you know, that's where you know we come in to help our clients.
0: Yep. And, the, and you are literally the guy that your clients call when something does happen.
1: Yes. Um, we don't always have fun phone calls. Um, mm-hmm. I had a very difficult month last month with some pretty nasty stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Comes with the territory. You know, mm-hmm. We we do a lot of handholding with our clients to make sure that you know we are that first line of defense. To you know, first of all, put their we want to make sure that they are okay first and yeah. foremost. Uh, but then also to put their minds at ease, um, as you know, a lot of people don't know what to do in that kind of situation. So it's good to you know say, hey, we we got you. You're properly covered. Here's what the next steps are going to be, and then you know we stay in communication. Guide
0: with them accordingly. Correct. So, Miles, what's included under the PNC umbrella of products? Um,
1: So, there's a lot of different lines under there, but Mm -hmm. the main stuff is going to be, you know, the auto, your vehicles, Mm -hmm. um, home insurance of any kind. So, that could be, you know, renter's insurance for an apartment or a home that you're renting. There's traditional home insurance for a site-built home, condos. And, um, you know, if you're a landlord, you own an investment property that you're renting out to other people. That's all going to fall under that same home insurance umbrella. And there's, you know, umbrella insurance, which we talked about a little bit, but that's designed to protect your other assets. God forbid the auto air umbrella isn't enough to cover that liability.
0: It's like an extra, an extra umbrella of coverage, quite literally. Exactly. Got it. So there's some nuances that you and I talked about as we were prepping for this. We had so much fun because like I said, a lot of people don't think about their coverage. And I'm also curious. Let me get into that in a second. I'm also curious. I was thinking about this over the weekend. How do you fit PNC coverage into somebody's existing financial plan? Like, are you a part of that conversation with a financial advisor and with a client?
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I've worked very closely with financial planners throughout my whole career. Um, and if you're getting a financial plan from a planner, there is that page that talks about, you know, here's your PNC coverage. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we didn't discuss it, here's some blanket recommendations where I've been able to, you know, insert myself to say, hey, we don't have to just do blanket. We can get this down to the nitty gritty detail of your own personal plan and actually custom tailor that page for them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So yeah, that is absolutely something that we talk about because when you're doing a financial plan, right, it's usually geared towards, you know, uh, saving up to retirement or Mm -hmm. wanting to achieve certain financial goals. Um, But one car accident or, you know, one bad home claim that's not properly covered can destroy all of that. So I always say we, what we do protects what the financial planners do. So it's always important If nothing else, just to have a gut check review of what the client has in place, even if we're not able to, you know, move them over and incorporate them into our practice, we can at least give them recommendations on, hey, here's what you need to do to properly protect yourself and this financial plan that you're putting together. Sure.
0: So. For, for everybody listening out there, if you're working with an advisor or putting your plan in place, you need to you need to check your coverages. You need to make sure that your property and casualty is incorporated into that plan and covered because that's, that can ruin in one afternoon, or like you said, one bad day. It can it can put a really
1: big hole in whatever you're planning for. Yep. Particularly yeah, particularly if you have young drivers on your policy. Yes. Um, those are driving sixteen year old <laughs> liabilities. Um, so you know, insurance and generally follows registration of the vehicle. So if your young driver gets into an accident in a car that's owned, insured, and registered to you, it's your personal assets are, that are at risk. Um, so those are always a, a big, big opportunity to really have a a review and make sure that you have the right stuff in place. Yes, it's going to be expensive. But again, you know, it'll be easier to pay for that expensive insurance policy than to you know, have to cover a liability claim you weren't prepared for.
0: Yeah. In your experience, do you find most people are very, very price focused versus value focused? Uh,
1: Particularly now, Um, as I mentioned before, with the advertising, everything, that's what a lot of people talk about, or the commercials are geared towards pricing, um, but because of, you know, the pandemic and everything like that, um the cost of repair and replacement of vehicles has just absolutely skyrocketed yeah um you know a fender bender that used to take you know it would be a couple hundred dollars a couple of days to take care of was taking months and you know it was costing thousands of dollars in you know storage fees and rental reimbursement yeah. and the increased cost of labor all that stuff has compounded and insurance companies are increasing their rates mm-hmm. uh in order to accommodate for that um so now more than ever we are seeing rate increases across the board with everybody. So everybody is, you know, price focused. They could have been with the same insurance company for thirty years, but now it's starting to get really expensive. Um, so we generally say every three to five years you should be looking at this anyway. Uh, but right now everybody is very price sensitive because everything's going up.
0: everything's going up and everybody's strapped. Right? How do insurance carriers create loyalty? Like you just mentioned, you know, you could be with a carrier, a company for 30 years, and then you drop them to save a few bucks.
1: Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with uh, their experience. Um, you know, there's PNC is a very service heavy industry. You know, if you're buying a car or, you know, you're going to be traveling and you need or you need ID cards or you're refinancing or doing something like that. There's a lot of little touch bases in this. Um, So a lot of it has to do with claims experience. So if you do use it, you know, how good was the claims experience? Did they fight you every five minutes to, you know, get every single penny that you need? Um, Or, you know, if you're trying to add a car on a weekend or a holiday, are you able to do so? Um, So it's generally how easy it is to work with them uh, when you try to use them. Um, a a good online platform, if they have an app or something, you know, that allows to do some self-servicing on their end. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of that stuff um, is what carriers use for client retention. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, In-house, personally, uh, we are the servicing team because we represent a lot of different carriers. You know, we are fully independent, so we're not handcuffed to anybody. Um, So we do a lot of that, you know, a lot of those extra touches, the white glove service, you know, we are the first call that we get for anything related to our clients. So we we make it more consultative as opposed to being, you know, transactional where, you know, some of the, what we call captive agencies where you have to be employed by them to sell and service their products. Mm -hmm. They want to get you off the phone as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Whereas we actually establish a relationship with our clients and we become their go-to person.
0: I love that. I love that. And you're, you're so right. I never thought of PNC in that way, that it is really a, a service you know, service industry, you really do have to be in constant contact with your clients.
1: Yeah. There's a a million of us out there. So how do, that's how we try to. That's how you differentiate.
0: And you are with them at their most vulnerable moments Yes, where they are the most upset or could, could, you know, could be upset, could be embarrassed, could be worried, could be angry, probably all of them under the sun (laughs) in, in one given claim. But yeah, you are with them in those moments. Yeah. That's a lot for you all. So I want to go into cuz this is the part where you and I had so much fun with. I want to talk about the aspects of our lives or some some of the toys that we buy that maybe um, people don't give enough attention to how it will affect their coverage. So let's start with, this was my favorite when you and I got into this subject. Let's start on electronic vehicles. Electronic vehicles are certainly almost all the rage what everybody is talking about. I know so many people are saying in the next 10 years, that's all that's gonna be on the road. I happened to buy a new car this year. And I was getting, you know, there's two schools of thought. Some of my friends were saying, you're crazy, you got to go electric. Others were saying, don't, that's not going to last. So how do electric cars affect your coverage? I am
1: so glad you brought this up because this is (laughs) something I am personally passionate about. But um, electric vehicles are notoriously difficult to insure. Um, You know, they tend to be very expensive, Um, you know, even just getting them onto the policy. Um, for example, I'll use Tesla as an example. Mm. You know, when you buy a Tesla, it is manufactured from scratch. Mm-hmm. They build it, you know, from when you leave, it starts manufacturing in the factory. Um, So with that, you get that 17 character VIN. That's not in the system yet. So it's, you know, we kind of have to figure out what's the price of the vehicle, all the details that go into it. Just doing that in one part makes it difficult to even just put on the policy. Yeah, But Above and beyond that, electric vehicles only make up like two to three percent of the vehicles on the road. That means that, you know, if there's ever in an accident or anything like that, um, you have to go see a specialty shop to get it repaired. Yep. Um, You have to have a specialty technician, which means that the cost of labor is going to be even higher. Uh, but more importantly, the the newer models, everything is just so interconnected and intertwined mm-hmm. that something as little as a, you know, a minor fender bender could end up totaling the vehicle. Because um, it's going
0: to take so much more money
1: correct. To, to
0: fix it, to give you the rental, to store the car. Or
1: to manufacture the parts that need yep. to go in. And then once you get it, everything has to be recalibrated again. And then you have these storage fees for keeping it with mm-hmm. that special mechanic. And so all this heads up and the insurance companies are the ones that are fronting all the costs for that. Yes, you'll have your you know deductible, whatever it's going to be. Uh, but you know something as simple as a fender bender will just completely total the car. And then they have to buy a brand new car and start the process all over again. Yeah. You know, with time, this will, you know, get a little better. But as of right now, you know, and for the foreseeable decade, I would say electric vehicles are going to be very difficult to insure and they're going to be expensive to cover. So there's other things to consider outside of, you know, oh, I don't have to get gas anymore.
0: Yes. And I bet you I've never in all my conversations around electronic vehicles, the cost to insure them has never once come up. Yeah, Never once. So I'm sure that could be a pretty, uh, pretty shocking to folks.
1: Yeah. You need to look at them from multiple different aspects, not Mm -hmm. just, oh, I don't have to go to the gas pump anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. Rough estimate off the cuff. This is not we're not holding you to anything, Miles, but just in your experience, what's the difference to the consumer? purchasing a regular gas sedan versus something like an electronic sedan, like a Tesla.
1: Sure. It could be something as little as, you know, $300, or it could be several thousand dollars difference. Um, Unfortunately, this is very catered to the individual. Um, You know, a lot of people compare stuff. Oh, my neighbor has, you know, better cars than I do, and they pay nothing. You can't compare yourself to anybody. Um, it is all down to the specific individual as far as, you know, where you live, you know, your insurance history, your credit score, mm, all yeah. that kind of stuff builds your profile for the insurance companies. Yeah. So you, unfortunately you can't really compare yourself.
0: That's probably a common mistake too. A lot of people do. You're big time. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause that's a great point is yeah. that people compare themselves or they think this coverage is one size fits all. Right. If you live in a similar house or you drive a similar car of similar value, You would expect the price to be the same, but that's not the case. Correct. What goes into, let's just talk about auto coverage, the underwriting process.
1: Sure. Um, So some main things that insurance companies look at when determining those rates is going to be how long have you been with your prior insurance carrier? Mm -hmm. Um, How long have you had continuous insurance without a gap in coverage? What were your prior liability limits? Um, And then they're going to look at, uh, for most states anyway, it's going to be an insurance score, which does take credit into account. Uh, But it's also going to be, you know, how good is your payment history? How often do you change? You know, how many claims have you had? All that kind of stuff is going to be built into that profile. Mm -hmm. And then speaking to claims, there is a uh, look back period as far as what insurance companies look at to determine rate. So there's generally two windows. There's one, uh, a three-year window where there's going to be a surcharge. So any accidents, violations, or anything like that within that three-year period are actually going to increase your premium. Uh, it's going to cost you more to have that insurance. Granted, you know, that's going to happen with whatever insurance company you're with, but they'll only change that at renewal. Um, So if anything happens midterm, people are afraid, oh, my rate's going to go up. Not Not immediately. Not immediately. They they can only do that at renewal. The other look back window is a five-year window, and that impacts things like, um, you know, underwriting eligibility. So if you qualify to keep your insurance carrier or even uh, if you go shopping around, whether or not they'll be willing to take you. And also that determines your you know, claims-free discount. So if you have no claims within a five-year window, you can get a little bit of a, a better rate. Mm-hmm. Speaking specifically to motor vehicle reports, you know, that's moving violations and you know, speeding tickets and things, cell phone violations, things of that nature. Those won't always pop up on your current insurance plan because it costs money to run those reports Mm -hmm. by every insurance carrier. So it'd be very expensive for them to do that every single year. Uh, But anytime you go to look at new insurance companies, they're going to be looking at that upfront. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, certain captives will do it after you've put the first payment down or, you know, certain independents will do the same thing. Whereas, you know, we try to do that upfront to, you know, make you, make sure you're aware of what your current situation is. So that, you know, when these things are going to start falling off and, you know, it's going to be more beneficial for you to shop around at certain checkpoints.
0: Yep. And you, again, you guide your customers through that. You guide your clients through that.
1: Correct. We give them the explanation as, you know, what impact this has on their specific policy and their eligibility for other carriers. And then, you know, hey, even if we can't touch base now, this is a good time to do it again, Uh, providing nothing else changes in the interim.
0: Considering that this coverage is mandatory, right? You have to have insurance to drive your car. You have to have home insurance to own home. It's not that you'll never be able to get the coverage. It's that if you have a low score, your coverage amount, your premiums are just going to be that much higher.
1: Correct. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, bad stuff happens to good people. Mm -hmm. It could just be a bad year where I don't know what's going on. I hit black ice or, you Mm -hmm. know, it was raining and there were leaves and numb and you get into a couple accidents. Worst case scenario, there's always an option of mandatory state offered coverage. Mm-hmm. On the auto side, it's what they generally refer to as the risk pool. On the home side, it's uh, the fair plan for the individual states.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is coverage in the most basic form okay. available. Uh, but if you're there, you're there for a reason. Um, and that's more important to work with, you know, a, a really good agent mm-hmm. to then guide you as far as you know when you can start looking at You stuff wanna again.
0: get out of that pool.
1: Correct. Um, if you're there, you should know that you're there for a reason. Okay, but, yeah, and we wanna
0: work to get out correct we can get covered that's more beneficial
1: correct and that's when you know we offer a lot of guidance in that space
0: oh good great let's talk about flood insurance this came up a lot in our conversations a lot of misconceptions about what that is
1: yes um so flood specifically is excluded under any home insurance policy it is not covered um so a lot of people think that flood is just, you know, a body of water. I'm not near the ocean. Yeah. Or I, there's no river or anything yes. like that near me. Uh, but insurance companies consider flood basically anything that is water from outside the home coming into the home. So it could be really heavy rains mm-hmm. and, you know, your gutters are overflowing. Then say your, you know, natural drainage on your property isn't enough. That water comes into the house, not covered by in- your home insurance. That has to be a flood policy. Same rules apply to, you know, if you have water coming up from under the home and, you know, comes through a crack in the foundation or something like that. They call that groundwater. That's still considered a flood. Still water. Uh, Yep. So that is... All considered flood. And so you don't need to be near a body. Yeah, of water most people
0: think you to need experience to be yeah, you need to be on, on the beach. Yep. Where it's, your house is literally going to be flooded.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, in the most extreme circumstances. That's what I think of when I think flood coverage. Correct. And that's something that you have to opt for, correct?
1: Correct. So they have different flood zones that determine, you know, your rate and what you can qualify for. And so even if you're inland, you know, maybe you're at the bottom of a hill. So if there is mm-hmm. heavy rains. It is going to come down to, way. you um, You know, they refer to that as flood zone X. It's a preferred flood zone. Flood insurance for you is going to be very cheap and mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of different options for it. So, you know, it's going to be under a thousand dollars a year, uh, but I can't say any flood claim that we've ever experienced has been astronomical. So, you know, in the grand yeah. scheme of things, if you want to properly protect yourself, we always recommend you know, just, just doing closet. it, just yeah. getting it.
0: Yeah. Cause you're right. Whatever damage is done. You're talking about foundation work. You're talking about new flooring. Usually yep. you're talking about
1: structural repairs. And if you have, you know, a finished basement, that's mm-hmm. going to be even more, mm-hmm. or if you store a lot of stuff in your basement, all the mechanicals are in your basement, mm-hmm. washer, dryer, everything. It's yeah, it could be, it adds up very quickly.
0: So that's one of those spots where you should
1: spend a little bit. Uh, correct. A- again, perceived value. If, mm-hmm. As long as you, are okay with it. You want to make sure that, you know, you are protecting yourself. Mm
0: let's talk about my husband and I were talking about a pool this weekend. So let's talk about kind of the fun things like in ground pools. And, you know, the kids were jumping on a trampoline over the weekend. Like, let's talk about all that type of stuff. Where does all that come into play?
1: So that is all covered under your home insurance policy. Um, Generally, they want to just know, um, first off with pools, uh, there always has to be some form of fence or locking gate or Mm -hmm. something that protects you from someone walking onto your property and just ending up in the pool, mm-hmm. you know, on accident. Um, so there needs to be some sort of protective measure to stop that. Uh, same thing with trampolines. Generally, they just want to know that, you know, there's the protective mesh. So again, there's something preventing someone from just walking in and getting onto it without any, you know, additional intent or, you know, Accidentally. Jumping back to the pools, uh, a lot of things where insurance companies can get a little iffy is if you have a diving board, <laughs> leaping stones, or slide. All the they fun. Don't want, yeah, they don't want you having too much fun. Yeah. But, um, well, you know, even just growing up, I remember, you know, pushing my friends off of a slide and, you know, yeah. <laughs> face first in the yeah, pool. Things, uh, things happen.
0: Bad things can happen. Uh, yeah.
1: And uh, we live in a, a very litigious society. Um, so that is, they're looking for measures to prevent any sort of liability claim coming from that.
0: Sure. Sure. So if you have the trampoline, if you have the pool, but if you take the steps during the underwriting process to either get the mesh or put the fence in, it shouldn't really have an effect
1: on your rate. For the the most part, um, they just want to know that the exposure is there Mm -hmm. just so that, you know, they know what they're dealing with. Because, again, someone has to foot the bill. So Mm -hmm. they want to know, you know, exactly what they have on hand. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you always want to be you want to disclose it. Otherwise they can, you know, it could cause issues if you ever need to file a claim.
0: Miles, I'm asking this for a friend, for a friend, of course. (laughs) How do they know? Like, how do they know these things?
1: Yeah. Um, So I
0: don't know if you're allowed to answer that. Of course I can.
1: (laughs) Um, All these insurance companies have a lot of, you know, technology. They they subscribe to different, you know, satellite imagery services uh, so they can take a real time look at what the home looks like right now. You know, even before I came in here, I had a an email saying that one of my clients has a trampoline that they didn't disclose when I asked the question. So now I have to go back to them to say, hey, you know, you have this trampoline, you need this thing signed, and they're asking you to take it out kind of thing. Yeah. So there's that. More often than not, uh, insurance companies are now doing at least drive-by inspections of home, basically because they want to verify the condition of it. Um, You know, we can only do so much on this side of the desk, right? We're asking questions, we're You know, asking, you know, what year were certain systems updated? Is this stuff in good shape? That kind of thing. Um, So, you know, we kind of take the client's word for it, but they sign an application saying, yes, I agree to all this. They do a test. what they're testing. Correct. Um, So just to make sure that is accurate, insurance companies will send someone to either do a drive-by and just, you know, say, hey, you know, what does this home actually look like? Or other times, depending on the circumstances, they'll send someone to do an exterior interior inspection
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, they're going to look at the not only the condition of the home, but address any additional you know liability concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one notorious one is if, you know, people have a walkout basement because they're on a hill. Uh, if the hill is too steep, they'll want you to put a railing, you know, on the side of your home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so this is a very good uh, uh, talking point about when shopping coverage, too, because a lot of it. You know everything is centered around price and things like that. If you're saving three, four hundred dollars on uh, an insurance package, uh, but they're going to send someone out to do an inspection, you know they're going to usually find something. Yeah. Um. So it's like, hey, you know what? Your roof is a little older than you know you think yeah. it is. So now you need a roof. So yeah, you are saving four hundred bucks, but now you have to do a twenty thousand dollar roof job to keep it. Um yeah. So it's. You know, it, 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 you got to keep this stuff in, in mind when you're looking at this whole baggage.
0: You do. We had um, we were talking about life insurance underwriting and it's almost the same thing that people may fib a little bit or, you know, underestimate, you know, their weight or their height or their health. And, you know, for the initial quote, that may work. But once those doctor's records come in. They're going to know what oh, scripts yeah. are on. They're going to know if you're in a healthy weight range or not. So there's, there's no way around some of those facts. And yeah. it sounds like it's the same thing here.
1: Correct. That ER visit four years ago. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So literally they can use satellite technology to check things out or they'll do manual drive-bys.
2: Correct.
1: Um, is that
0: disclosed? And is there a certain number that they'll do in in your term?
1: Um, so it's. If there's ever an interior exterior inspection, obviously they're going to reach out to the sure. client directly to coordinate that. Mm-hmm. They can't physically go into anyone's property, mm-hmm. um, unannounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a drive-by, I mean, you could sure. just if it's a public road, you they have sure. every right to just go by and take a look and take pictures. Um, so they it that all, would be
0: scary to see. Yes,
1: <laughs> it, it, it all operates within you know yeah certain guidelines. But yes, they they. Have full access to yeah, this. Yeah, they kind want of to stuff. make sure. Yep, you sign that contract that says, "Hey, you're going to insure me," so they have every right to go and check and make sure that it's okay.
0: Well, I know mm. that in my house, if there was ever a car with a person with binoculars or taking pictures, my dog would go absolute crazy. So. Tell me about that. Tell us about dogs.
1: Great transition. Any type of
0: yeah, (laughs) any type of pet, because I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know how that affects anything.
1: Yeah, so dogs are a big one. each insurance company has a list of non-preferred dog breeds. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, like non-preferred. Yep.
0: what a sad term. <laughs> so it's
1: generally, you know, it's going to be your pit bulls, your right Rottweilers, uh, Italian mastiffs, oh, um, something. You know, they have a lot of terrifying actuarial data that all goes towards, you know, um, how they determine these types of sure. things. Um, so they just want to know if there's a dog in there, what's the breed, um, if it's acceptable that, yes. you know, has it bitten anyone because a dog bite is covered by, you know, your home insurance as mm-hmm. part of your liability. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a dog in there, that's on the preferred list, if they have a dog bite on there, that can disqualify you for coverage. And the bite could be to a human or to another dog. Uh, correct. Um, and there's generally a, a two year window, uh, a statute of limitations for them to file any liability claim. Um. So it could be nothing, and then two years down the road, all now all of a sudden I have this pain and suffering. That's when you usually get a summons and oh, geez, you know, they have to yeah. go back to it. So yeah, yeah, we we've dealt with a couple of those in house, and uh, it's never good. But it is, you know, it would be covered, but then afterwards you do end up in uh, on generally an excess market, yeah, um, which is you know a kind of in between what we call the you know the fair plan and the yeah. standard level of coverage. Um, it's kind of in between where it is expensive. It's not as good as the standard market, but it's better than the fair plan, but at least you will have coverage. And every insurance carrier does work a little different around this space. So mm-hmm. everyone's going to have their different, you know, dog list that they have, mm-hmm. or, you know, if they're, they're willing to accept the dog by claim, as long as the claim is closed and, you know, or there's been a payout and the dog's gone through training um, or, you know, has been sold off or God forbid put down, unfortunately. Aww, that does yeah. come up. Aww. Um but yeah, I mean we deal with that kind of stuff all the time. Oh jeez.
2: Yeah.
0: Chocolate labs. Yeah, fine. How, They're on the preferred list. They're on the preferred okay, list. Okay, so Nutella's okay. Yeah, Nutella's <laughs> okay. You told us a lot of places where we shouldn't skimp. Yep. Where we should make sure that we're covered. We want to sleep well at night. We don't want this to affect any of our assets or our financial plan. So we want to make sure we're covered. How do you recommend people do act in a smart way, that they do save money when there's money to be saved. What's the best way to do that for our uh, listeners?
1: D- definitely do your homework um, or, and ask a lot of questions. If you don't know what something is, you know, that's why this job exists. You know, we do this for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, ask a lot of questions. Uh, on, get a better understanding of what these things are actually meant to do. Because mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned at the top of this was that, you know, a lot of the stuff that people think insurance is designed for is the optional stuff. You know, particularly when it comes to uh, vehicles, your deductibles, that comprehensive, that collision, that's optional. You know, unless you're financing or leasing your vehicle, you don't have to have that. Um, And that's to repair or replace your vehicle. Um, Whereas, you know, the mandatory stuff is the liability. That's where you're going to be. You know, if you injure someone, damage someone else's property and they sue you, that's really what that's designed to cover. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the liability parts of the policy are not the most expensive. Um, particularly on home. Mm -hmm. A home of any kind liability is one of the cheapest things to kind of maximize. So it's do a little homework, ask a lot of questions um, and just, you know, think of that worst case scenario that you want to be, you know, it could, it could be smoldering embers. It could be, you know, a wreck on the side of the road. Like what do you want to be prepared for? Um, And how important is it to you to actually protect yourself?
0: Sure. Tell everyone where they could find you. Tell us, because it sounds like you are the man (laughs) for the job. And I'm so glad that I work with you because you take such good care of us, myself and my family. But tell us, tell the listeners where to find you and a little bit about um, the firm that you work with.
1: Sure. So um, I do have a Facebook page and that is facebook.com forward slash BBA. That's M-Y-L-E-S-H-O-L-L-E-Y. BBA, and that'll have all my personal contact information on there, email as well as my uh, office line. Um, so those are the best ways to get a hold of me. And you know, Barnum Benefits is on there. You know, we're a full service independent agency. Uh, we do everything soup to nuts. Uh, what we consider personal lines uh, insurance, which is you know for the individuals, as well as a little bit on the commercial side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can always just go to com. You'll see our whole team on there, nice. including my wonderful picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, my on my Facebook page has my cell phone information, my email, my Calendly link should be in there. So All my contact info is right out there.
0: Beautiful. Well, Miles, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure. You taught everyone so much. Everybody listening out there, head to Miles' Facebook page, and you can find all of his contact information. And thank you all for being here.
1: Yeah, and I'll leave it with this. When it comes to auto and home, don't go it alone. Oh, Oh,
0: love that. Thanks, Miles. You got it. Thank you for listening to Master Your Money. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. You can also follow us on our Instagram at Barnum Financial Group. If you're interested in connecting or working with a financial advisor at the Barnum Financial Group, the links are in the show notes of this episode.
1: All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut,
2: 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.